Let me take you on an improvisational journey through the bowels of the culinary industry. Now, expect to have your skin burned and your flesh cut. Expect to be dog tired from standing on your feet for 12 hours. Expect to be chewed out and snapped at by your, your, your bosses and and, and, and then expect to get paid kind of pretty okay for, for a 22-year-old. <laughs> it's not that bad, though. I mean, because if you're an artist, if you're someone who's a sensualist, who loves to feed people and be around people and put delicious plates of food in front of them, it can be rewarding. And I, I mean, I am all those things, too. I love feeding people. but realistically i don't know how i can keep doing it i think i kind of lost my fire yo what's up what's up what's up how's it going thank you for listening to another episode of the podcast this is episode four. Thank you for all the kind words about episode three. Um, I think people, I think people enjoyed it, but, um, me and Jesse did get a little, a little technical in terms of the, you know, kitchen knowledge and how we talked about kitchens and stuff. But as I said, in that episode intro, I, I tend to get into the nitty gritty. I like that kind of stuff. I find it hard not to get into that. So there might be episodes like that, you know, and I, and I enjoy that, that there are episodes that are technical like that. And then there are going to be episodes like this today where it's just, you know, two friends shit talking and having a good time. What's really interesting is the reaction to them is, is great. You know, people seem to have a really strong reaction, which I like. I don't want people to just be like, that was okay. You know, it was okay. So I like hearing those very different, very strong reactions. Yeah. This one today is uh, me and my, my buddy, Paulie, just going to call him Paulie. No last name. You know, he's like Madonna. He needs no last name. If you know Polly, then you know Polly. You know, I met Polly at when I was working at a Japanese yakitori spot, and uh, he just was that guy. I just I saw the way he was, you know, cutting things and working, and you're like, that's the guy to look look up to, and and he's gonna show you the way. You know, turns out Polly wasn't a cook until he was like fucking 31. I don't know. This is probably the best example of the way we talk in kitchens. There's a lot of shit talking, a lot of like going off on tangents and being ridiculous and, and saying shocking, sarcastic things to make each other laugh. So we didn't really get much work done in, in terms of tracing his, his history, but man, it is a lot of fun. I really, I really enjoy talking to Polly a lot. So we're going to have to do a part three. That's right. I said part three. I recorded a part two when I found out that actually he had quit the job that we talk about in this episode. But sadly that that recording, the, um, the mic setup was really bad. So I probably won't release that publicly. I'll probably put that on the, um, Patreon. So anybody who, who's willing to tolerate the, uh, the poor quality can listen to it. But me and Paulie are definitely going to sit down again soon and, um, and to keep tracing his history. Cause he's got some wild shit going on, but we talk about a ton of different things. We're talking about like, we always get into capitalism. That's one of his favorite topics. Uh, we talk about pop-ups and stuff about the possibility of pop-ups. This is before I knew about bad Larry. So I kind of got my wish 
when I'm talking about pop-ups in this episode, I said, I'm looking for something different, something exciting and kind of got my wish with bad Larry's. If he, if you're in Austin or you're interested in just like unique pop-ups, check out bad Larry's burger club, man, that, that he's doing some crazy shit. Great, crazy shit. And just simple, just smash burgers done, done right. Uh, hopefully I can get him on a podcast one day. That'd be great. This is a really fun episode, but I want people to know two things. One, this was recorded at the height of allergy season. So there's, there's a lot of sniffling and coughing and stuff. I'll try to get rid of as much of that as possible, but that is in there. Me and him are very allergy prone dudes and we're just sniffing and coughing the whole time. Hopefully you won't notice that because the conversation is so good. But on top of that, what I want people to know about Paulie is that we're very different politically. I tend to lean more left and he tends to lean right. I think it's really important to have people in your life that you don't agree with and that you can have a, a friendly comedic discourse with, you know, we, he, he ribs me about, you know, being a liberal and I rib him about being a conservative. And, uh, and so there's a thick layer of sarcasm and, uh, and satire in a lot of what we say. So hopefully nobody will take anything too seriously. And, uh, hopefully you'll we're not gonna, you know, take any sort of political side here. It's just, two friends talking. I, th- I think that uh, everybody should have uh, someone in their life that they disagree with fundamentally on those political levels because uh, y- you get to hear different thoughts that you're not exposed to normally. At the end of the day, we're just people. We're just line cooks and we're just having a good time. Hopefully I'll have the second part up on the Patreon soon. And uh, so if anybody wants to listen to that, that'll be up there. And hopefully we'll have a continuation of this episode coming out really soon hopefully maybe the, maybe the next one maybe that'll be poly part two because it, it's so much fun talking to him so i hope you enjoyed it as much as i enjoyed talking to poly and um and editing it and laughing the whole time enjoy really good. we got you gotta fill 50 hours buddy okay 50 hours 50 hours shit that's, that's better come up with some good shit good stuff all your stand-up bits get them out come on you're gonna hear you gotta that's all i have is juice juice stuff <laughs> you gotta cut all this up okay of course <laughs> sure i was kind of afraid i was kind of afraid what? that i might like start to veer off into my all right, you can on. if you want. I'm dead. I'll take out whatever you want. And I'd get doxxed and it'd be over for me. You can you can you can say whatever you want, man. I think people are being a little too ridiculous nowadays. Yeah, that's true. Be okay. Fucking let's all just relax, guys. You know the yo, is that what we want to talk about? <laughs> we just, you we know, can go you, you, you're waiting for your cheese over there, so I'm in. Oh, it's it's ready. I don't want to eat cheese while we record. <laughs> Why not? You're more than welcome to eat some cheese. That does kind of, that's a good segue into Cheese. the culinary arts. <laughs> See, I shouldn't have told you anything about it. There we go. So you, didn't, you didn't know? I know. I've been preparing this whole day. <laughs> to say my best kitchen story. You don't need a best kitchen story, man. Wait, you said your cheese is ready. We go get your cheese. No, I don't want to eat it while we record. Okay. All right. I wouldn't be right. <laughs> well, how's the job going, man? Not great. Um, yeah. things are tough, man. We've been really having a lot of trouble finding, finding employees. Ooh. Yeah. Um, you and everybody. I've heard some real horror stories too. Yeah. Uh, we're in a bad spot because our chef just left us. That's fucking horrible. Why'd he leave? I don't know. He gave, he said something about wanting to, he just needed to like go be, I don't know, himself or ace his other dreams or something. Uh, he gave us a two weeks notice. 
Damn. And it was a week before a huge event we were going to have. And going into, into the cold months, we sell soup. So we, we're in the process of really ramping up and increasing volume by maybe 100%, you know? Oh, yeah. And there's a line. I mean, every day. There's a line all the time. And well, I don't want to be I, I don't want to be upset, but it was a it was a difficult time for him to lose our head chef. And so we're facing that now. I did just get a promotion, which is kind of cool. That's cool. So you're sued now? Uh, I guess sort of. They they gave us all like numbers like in J- Japanese. So okay, is that a Ichi is number one. You're the number one? Ni, no, I'm not. Uh, Ni is number two, and San is number three. I'm San? I'm San. Oh, I'm Sanban. You're San. Yeah. Sanban. That sounds like like a prison number. Yeah, Sanban. maybe. Literally means number three. Right. Is Bon mean number two? Tattoo. I'm gonna get a barcode. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, what what does that mean though? Are you like a, are you pretty much a Sue? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty much a Sue. I think. Um, I'm making sure everybody does a good job. I'm I'm the expo often. I'm one of the few people that can prep everything, do the bigger, more labor intensive, more you know, technical jobs. Yeah. And so yeah, I've been there second longest. So yeah, it's damn dude. Yeah, it's it's been okay. It, it's exciting, but also I don't know. It's a little nerve wracking. I don't know if I have it in me to. Are you kidding me right now? To, dude, Take on the position. <laughs> at, at, uh, at you, you were like always. You were doing that anyway. Remember, me and you were like the ones trying to like keep a standard. Yeah, you know. And then it just kept. You know, nobody would hold to it. And then, like, especially you, like, you would get really upset when people didn't really hold to that thing. So yeah, I think you'd, you'd be great at it. I mean, if you want to do it, you know. Yeah. But being a sous chef is. I don't know, man. It's fucking hard work, dude. Do you still work the same hours, like the the twelve hour shifts and stuff? Yeah, definitely. Um, Damn, dude. So our our chef leaving kind of created a vacuum, and all these people are starting to leave. Damn. Man. Um, yeah, it's kind of create like it's like an avalanche, and we will have lost, including our chef, five employees. That is fucking nuts. Five back of the house cooks, you know. Jesus, man. Uh, strong ones too. Not just, you know, like some like the, the new kid who just yeah. works fry. Yeah, damn, man. Um, yeah. You know, that's when the, this is the thing that never I never understand about American restaurants. Like at that point, as a business owner, I'd be like, you know, what we're doing now. We're serving just soup. Fuck the fry. Fuck all that shit. Cut your losses and serve two items. You serve a fucking veggie ramen, you serve a chicken ramen. Right. Or whatever, you, you know, limits you can sort of get away with. Right. But why are they like ex- like extending themselves just to keep this this dream alive? It's crazy to me. So there's a lot of reasons. I don't know. I think my owner's he's Japanese American. He's really more American in culture than than Japanese, but still um, not opening seven days a week is gibberish to him. He doesn't understand it. He wouldn't. He, he really? I, yeah, I was like, maybe we could open up for. We could close for lunch a few a few days a week. Um, so you guys do lunch and dinner service. Yeah, that is so much volume. That's insane. It's a lot. Yeah, yeah. So I suggested closing maybe a couple of lunches or closing a couple of hours between lunch and dinner. Yeah, um, because from three o'clock to five o'clock, 
will serve a small handful of people. Yeah, you're just wasting money. And you never get a chance. Like one bowl of, of ramen will pull you away from a, a prep project for six minutes, you know, and you have to stop what you're doing and go cook that one bowl. And yeah. it, does it seem like he's receptive to that or does it seem like he's just like, ah. he's thinking about it? Really? What they're trying to do the most is just get more hands. But uh, I've, I've found that a little bit hard to kind of try to just try to give them uh, some kind of ideas on how to maybe get more people in or yeah we have all kinds of tools at our disposal and i and i don't think we're using them yeah a lot of businesses aren't yeah i mean that area is kind of saturated right now you know Mm -hmm. you got like barbecue you got uh korean food you got sushi you got you know fried chicken it's just like crazy how much shit there is in that area it's so hard to yeah get a foothold there it always is busy and so that's kind of a blessing and a curse yeah because everybody's super tired and but we're all making money so we're more motivated we're motivated to go back to the job but still it's kind of killing everybody of course man slowly slowly it like kills you i don't want to i don't want to discourage anybody listening to (laughs) not not follow their dreams <laughs> well you know uh, this, this is i guess just about the realities of of working what is the reality i mean the reality is, is i'm an over the hill cook yeah, who same here. needs to look for another job quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, another job you know cooking or are you trying to get out That's ah god i don't know if i could draw pictures for the rest of my life you should i'd be i'd be really happy but i think you could do it no well in my heart i think I think that that's probably not very realistic, you know. I think you'd do it. I could. You it's know, a I'll probably grind though. Dude. I'll probably be sixty right? years old with like a a, a roommate, you know. <laughs> I see. What, I see that for both of us, to be honest. Yeah, like I, I'm gonna be pursuing this fucking art game for a long time, and I just think it's it's gonna be just me. You know, and two roommates, you know, I'm not excited, um, <laughs> but I mean, uh, like I said, dude, you could, uh, yeah, I think you definitely do it. Like, um, studios are always looking for artists to like do concept art, shit like that. I mean, mm. so to be, a, to actually be able to draw, dude, that's, um, that's slowly becoming more valuable over time. But I mean, you could dude, you can definitely do it, but it is a grind. You, yeah you gotta know that I mean, it all becomes true. a job yeah for sure of course of course but i mean at least to be funner than you know the stress of uh fucking cooking you know i guess so i i should i should try to appreciate what cooking and kitchens have done for me though for sure you know? that's what this is for me yeah but at the same time when i go into work i'm like fuck i'm here again you know what, what is mean? that like because it's the actual work dude like but once we create a new dish yeah dude it's like it's like whoa there it is again right but then you do that dish a hundred times mm-hmm. a thousand times a million times you're just like oh the, there it is it's gone yeah the excitement you create that one thing the first day or like the development of it and like it, it you know everybody sort of has a hand in it and then you start prepping it for the first time and learning how to like run that station and then it just becomes tedious yeah, I was saying the other day to my chef that I just, I wish it, I, I, I told her I don't think it has to be this hard, you know? It shouldn't have to be this hard. I don't get it either. And and yet, it just always ends up being, it ends up being ridiculously difficult. Yeah. I think, I think we've talked about this before, but I think it always has to do with numbers. In America, it's like, 
your you guys' restaurant is, is bigger than it needs to be. Like ramen and soup is turn and burn. You mm-hmm. fucking have twelve seats. You fucking get people in. They slurp that shit up and they get the fuck out. Right? Yeah. You know. But the the inclination in America is to like have forty seats and yeah. you know keep people there drinking and like have a few turns. Appetizers, push yeah. desserts, push you know? all this shit. Like, yeah. it's like, dude, you'll have more income if you just turn and burn that shit. Like, fucking like yakitori. People come in, they fucking eat a few things, they have a few beers, and they go to a fucking bar if you want to drink. You know, don't take up my. My seats, like that's how they do it in Japan. Yeah, um, where it might be more expensive to live. I mean, depending on where you are, right? Yeah, depending on where you are. I mean, it's it kind of, but it's just there's such limited space that like restaurants just do small things, you know. Mm-hmm. Especially in Tokyo, it's like this is the ramen place, this is the sushi place, and there's no crossover. And because it's like, why make it so fucking hard? You know what I mean? It depends on the level of the restaurant, right? Like. At- I feel I feel kind of the same way. I'm like, I'm like, why are why are we making this so hard on ourselves? We work 12 hour days. It seems like too much, and we hurt to hold ourselves to like a higher standard because we clean everything every night. And then, so that's nice. That keeps your kind of your your focus, and it keeps you feeling you know proud of your work and stuff. At the same time, it's like why why are we working so hard? I mean, it is good, I guess. And you definitely because I'm a, I'm I'm a you know a devout capitalist. I think that there should be levels of 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 a product, you know, there should be you should be able to buy a hamburger for three dollars or if you want, you can go and buy a forty dollar hamburger mm-hmm. and and if you can afford it or if not necessarily, but you want it anyway, then go go for it, you know. Um, so I, I guess I am kind of in conflict in that way. Because I want people to chase their dreams. And I think competition is really like at the heart of capitalism and, and, you know, really just going out and kind of manifesting your own destiny. But isn't, but the heart of capitalism is just offering more choices, right? And the strongest survive, right? So, yeah. But in cooking, that should be, you offer the best product, not the most product, not the most seating, Mm. not the most beer. It's like. You offer the best product. People are always going to come back to the best product. Well, hopefully, I don't even talk to you. Like people come back to that because it's like the best branding, the best, the best. Well, I mean, for most people, it's the best ramen in town. Right. Like, the first name on on the tip of their tongues. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So like, it's not only name recognition, but it's a reliable, good product all the time. And so mm-hmm. like that should be the case with if you're talking about capitalism and cooking. Well, then it should just be about making the best food, right? You would hope so. Um, sometimes it's more about, you know, marketing and it's not necessarily the best. I know. I'm just saying I, I like ideally it would be. You right? would hope you'd hope that 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 would be the case. I think, though, often in uh, in in history, we've seen we've seen products that were technically better than their. Oh, then successful item. Then the actual successful, yeah, uh, alternative, their their comp, their competitor, and it's almost like we we don't want too good of a product, or or someone is <laughs> trying to avoid there being too good of a product out there. You know? Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you've never thought about opening your own spot? I have actually. Nikki and I were talking about. Um, 
Well, I was, I'm trying to convince him that we should do a pop-up, a barbecue pop-up at Fukumoto. Barbecue? Yeah. Like what kind of barbecue? Like Texas barbecue? Texas barbecue, but like with our own sort of take on stuff. You don't think that's like saturated? Uh, even if it is, I would hope that people would be like, oh, cool. I don't know. Maybe we could make a few bucks. Yeah. And, and if we really kind of develop a cool menu, limit ourselves to like eight items. Um, eight? Maybe. Is that a lot? That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. I mean, this is one beautiful night with chefs Nick and Paul, you know? <laughs> that's what you guys that's every every evening is called that. Just one beautiful night with chefs Nick and Paul. And that would be it. Once we sell out, maybe we'd be done or yeah. We could we didn't limit it to just a few tickets, you know, maybe a hundred tickets or so. And yeah, and see how it worked out. Maybe get our name out there and see if we could schmooze some people to give us more money and yeah, pay for it. Yeah, it has to be really different though. Like yeah, um, one of the best uh, best new restaurants. This is this place in town called best new best new restaurant in the country by eaters standards. It is this place in town called Distant Relatives? It's a barbecue truck at Meanwhile Brewing, and they um, they do like African inspired texas barbecue so it's still like a a giraffe a pulled pulled giraffe (laughs) (laughs) that's that's cute you're canceled (laughs) why barbecue well nick got this smoker and we've only used it once you didn't come over why not utilize what uh no i didn't come over for that uh, he got really mad at me when i said i had to work oh he that's was, right it was fuck something. you man of course he says <laughs> like jesus all right i gotta work man I gotta work. <laughs> oh well it was undercooked the brisket it was a little bit chewy uh-oh <laughs> i'm totally calling him out <laughs> you, can't, you can't have that pop-up no i know no i was gonna buy a really nice therm- thermometer like with like a a Wi-Fi app or something on it. Oh, okay. I'll just wake up at seven in the morning. And be like, like, why not use what you have there if Komodo to like do something, something utilizing that? I guess I wonder if Kazu would be okay with it because the pop-ups he has held there were always kind of Asian-inspired cooks, and well, well, they are all Asian cooks. Yeah, because he he, I think he would do it for people that he trusts and that he likes. Right. Um, well, Xion had one there oh really he's also opening up a food truck soon okay anyway he had one with your boy never had a drink in his life and he's opened a food truck (laughs) jesus christ he's uh yeah i know he's good for him he was working with um some of the chefs from she's not here i staged there once and you said that they had a they had such beautiful fish and a really great kitchen but it was like mismanaged or what what happened i'm guessing it was because it was a gorgeous dining room and their drink program looked really good all their servers were were solid it seemed um i don't know why it failed how was that stage though it was chill i uh they wanted they wanted me to do anything they were now that I think about it, I think they were super desperate for anybody. They were like, geez, just please take the job. We'll offer you $17 an hour plus tips, you know? Jeez, um, man. Yeah. You didn't take it? No, I didn't take it. I turned it down because, because I felt like I'd be leaving Kazu in a, in a bad position. Um, and so, yeah. You got to do what's right for you at the end of the day, man, you know? Yeah, I guess so. I don't really have a clear picture of what that is. 
So okay, yeah, that's a, that's a good that's a good rebuttal. You know, I don't have my vision is kind of blurry. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Also, kind of, too. you know. Yeah, look at me. I'm doing a fucking podcast. I don't want to fuck. Yeah, what, what, are you, what is this? <laughs> no, this is going to be. No the, one wants to hear my voice. This is going to be the biggest episode in your podcast. It's going to really. It's going to hit real big in the far in the far right. Yeah, sure. Freaking. Uh, shit. I don't know, man. Like, uh, I've been thinking a lot about like doing pop ups as well because I'm like, what the fuck? I mean, what else is there to do, right? Yeah. But, um. I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like, okay. I feel like there needs to be like something different. Like, where's that, that fucking fire? You know what I mean? All you serve is brisket or some crazy shit like that. And you make your own Wonder Bread. People are like, fuck you for making Wonder Bread. But then they try it. It's amazing. You know, that kind of weird shit. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. Oh, I mean, I could make Wonder Bread. I've made like oh, a. Oh, here we go. I can, I've made like a Pullman loaf, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I've always wanted to bake the milk bread. You know, oh, yeah. I'm terrible at baking, but I know a guy who's really good. Actually, you know, Travis from Brewer's Table. Oh, yeah, Travis. Yeah. That guy's cool. Yeah, he's kind of perfected the milk bread thing. It's like that that's fluffy. cool. Yeah, yeah. He's he's looking to do some shit, too. If, you, if you're looking for a, a little collab or something, maybe he'd be down for it. I don't know. Probably not. I don't think I'm at his level. He's just he's the cook like everybody else, dude. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't think I fall into like the cool kids club. Even though I know a lot of those he's kids. Not, he's not a cool kid. He's just a... There's no, no cool There's no cool kid. Yeah, no, there's there cool isn't. kids. There isn't. Though. I've always thought that. That's, there's not. You could be one of them, but you're not. That's why you're talking this way. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not. I'm really not. See, I think, like, there's no cool... There's no... It's nothing cool about it. It's, oh. just, it's just, can you work the line? Yeah. Right? right? And most people can't. Even people who are in that, that scene... That is, a, yeah, it's a special, takes a special person to do that. Like to be able to set up a line, do it in enough time to like get, you know, uh, set up for service, to work service properly and cleanly and make everything good the whole time through and then also shut down properly mm. so that the next day it's easy. That dude, that's a skill that's, that's uh, hard to come by nowadays. And it's not being a cool kid. It's just being a good cook, you know? Yeah, well, no, but a lot of it. <clears throat> so when to, to reach the upper echelons, it's there's there's a lot of marketing and, you know, rubbing of elbows and stuff and pulling on coattails and stuff. But is there, though? Well, I think I mean, so. I was yeah, especially in this town. Oh, yeah. I was going to use Bryce's as an example. Well, Bryce kind of did it himself. But also his dad was, is Jack Allen, right? So like he has Jack Allen's kitchen. He probably had that, a little bit of that money behind him, helping mm. him. But he opened a food truck, right? With a yeah. grill inside. And then, you know, opened a, opened a restaurant, a small restaurant, made that work and like slowly grew over 10 years. Um, so it, it's, it, it is possible. I mean, people do it all the time. This town, yeah, it's kind of become saturated. I'll tell you what though, dude. Uh, we went to Worst Fest yesterday mm. and New Braunfels. Dude, it's popping off down there. Really? Like really popping off. Yeah, like we went to this little like dive bar or like a cocktail bar underground. And I was like, whoa, this seems like Austin like 15 years ago. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, it was really, it was really strange. That's in, yeah. That sounds awesome, actually. I love that. It's really like, like a small town kind of vibe, but also like people are doing something interesting. 
Yeah. In the environment. Yeah. Austin 15 years ago was like Paris in the 1920s. <laughs> okay. It's a, it's a big comparison, dude. Right. Was, I'm telling you. <laughs> you didn't know by the back. <laughs> well, I was here 50 years ago. Were you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, 15 years ago? 15 years ago. No, I, I, like 12 years ago, maybe. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, me too. That's when I first started coming out. Like, I visited a couple times. It was about maybe 15 or 13 years ago or something. Yeah. And this is, this is the place to be, you know, everyone wanted to, to hang out down here. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, still the same thing is it? from LA now. Everybody from LA wants to come out. I guess so. It's, uh, it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. I have some neighbors down here, down the way that moved in. They moved into this weird new super modern architecture house that i hate it it's ugly uh-huh. and i saw their brand new toyota forerunner and their sure and their brand new tacoma both with california license plates and then the next day they they probably lived at this house for a week before they immediately changed their license plates over to texas and i don't i don't know why they would have done it but they did it real quick and it seemed like they got both of their cars switched over. It's a, it's a trendy thing to be Texan now. Yeah, I hear a lot of people start to, like, they move here, and they immediately start saying, they start using pronouns like Yo. we and us, and like, oh, yeah, oh, down yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how we do it down here. <laughs> it's yeah. like, excuse me? Like, I've seen a lot of memes. What do you mean, you people? <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a lot of memes lately of, like, Californians saying, like, or, like, TikToks and stuff, people being like, uh, when you start using y'all, you know, you know you're a real Texan. It's like, no, not please, really. Just, please stop. Yeah. I don't know. No, I love California. I think California is one of the most beautiful places in the world. It's a shame those fucking liberals fucked it up. Huh? Damn commies. <laughs> oh, shit. I mean, what happens? It's not really that. It's just that... What, what, so, so there's like, a, you, you get this big cherry, this big honey pot and everybody wants to get a taste of that honey and they all rush for it and they surround it and crowd it. Wait, is, te- is Texas the honey? Dude, Austin might be the, the, oh, Austin's the, honey. the honey pot, you know? Okay. And then they go and they all eat it and they just, they lay waste to it and then they move on to the next honey pot, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And it's just human nature, I guess, maybe. It's weird that we're the spot, though, because we were not for so long. It was Portland. Remember Portland? It was like everybody's moving to Portland. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's like Austin is the thing now. Portland's probably still experiencing a huge in, in, influx of, of newcomers. Yeah, maybe so. I don't know. Yeah, I've never been up to the Pacific Northwest, but I'd love to see it. I don't know. I haven't traveled as much as I would have liked. Yeah, get out there, buddy. I don't want to go anymore. <laughs> Too old. <laughs> You're not that old, man. I'm old. I went to Target today and I just felt grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> that's not, that's not, that could be depression before it's old age. What do you mean? Man? It's probably a little bit of both. <laughs> um, is this the longest you've ever stayed at a job? Because you're uh, you're notorious for moving around. I'm a tumbleweed. Yeah. Let's see. So I, yeah, or was it or was it Fuku? Fukumoto, I was there for a little while, maybe like almost two years on and off. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, yeah, you were. 
and left and came back. Time, yeah. And then I kind of got fired after a second time. Yeah, I'm I guess. Thing. Yeah, well, maybe just like out of all the employees, I don't know. <laughs> you fucked him over. I don't know. <laughs> I'm the one that got fired. I don't think he did get fired. I think he was just like, don't. I think he was doing it for your own good. I think he's just like, you know what? You don't want to be here. Just don't. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Is that like, okay? Yeah. Actually, you know, I, I didn't think, think about that. I hope that's what it is. I think like. he really likes you. I think he wishes you wanted to be there, but it's like you don't. So it's like, why? I was why already make everybody. I was working one day a week. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's fucked right now. Is he really like everybody else? But right. Yeah. Well, does does Nick not talk about that? He does, but I don't know. Maybe he downplays it, or maybe they're handling it okay, or something. Dude, there's like three cooks in the kitchen. It's like him, Lopez, Cesar is a cook now, and like right. Jack, tr- maybe once in a while. I almost poached Cesar. Yeah. Is that evil? That's what this whole thing is, man. Everybody just poaches everybody. I know. Well, apparently he was only working three three days a week. What? Well, he he kind of I don't know what happened. He stopped showing up. And he kind of, yeah, one of those times where he got too drunk during the weekend and then just didn't show up for two or three days. He, no, what happened was he came in and then he told one of the other guys to tell Kazu that, thank you for the job, but I have to leave. Yeah. And so he did that and he walked out, I think. But I mean, a couple months later, he was back at the door. Of course. Like, like always, you know, every time he comes back. Yeah. But I tried to poach him because we need we need a dishwasher and it didn't I don't know it didn't work out. They only offered him fifteen dollars an hour. That's lunacy, man. How much would you offer a a dishwasher? Thirty dollars an hour. I, that's a what good, I was. A good dishwasher, yeah. is invaluable, dude. I was it's telling Nick so that you should we we should have offered him twenty. I've even heard of twenty four dollars an hour for a dishwasher. Yeah, dude. yeah, of course. <laughs> like, yeah, dude. I feel like the dishwasher. It's paid a ton of money. I know. Because he does way more than anybody else. He peels garlic, juices like um, all the citrus for the restaurant. Really? On top of that, he does he does um, two days by himself and then he has a helper on the weekends. He's getting everybody's bus tubs all across the kitchen. He's putting up all the dishes by himself. He's washing all the dishes by himself. You know, he's putting away special like um, uh, silverware. Like it's fucking crazy what he has to do. You know what I mean? So like he, they definitely deserve a shitload of money. Yeah, I think the, the and then the uh, backbone. Like if you have a good dishwasher, man, you can you can fuck off with a few, you know, cooks. Yeah, right. They can some of them, some of them even step in and, and cook a little bit too. Yeah, yeah. I think the the uh, the dishwasher at Daidue was getting paid twenty four dollars an hour, and I was like, wow. When I heard that, he told me just straight up he was he was a man that talked a lot and. He, he wasn't short for words and he was like, oh yeah, no, I'm getting paid $24 an hour um, in Spanish, obviously. <laughs> Needless to say. <laughs> um, you mean he wasn't like a, like a young white man? No, he wasn't a young white man. <laughs> Just or, fresh out of college? You know, <laughs> prim and proper. <laughs> Wearing his lovely, you know, I don't know, collared shirts. Brand new. Wait, wait, wait. So what? So wait. What's the, the long, tips. the longest job you've ever had? I don't know. You don't know? You got. It's not been long. You gotta know. So I worked at, I worked at 
KFC for a year. Whoa, you worked at KFC. That was my first job. Oh, shit. That was your first job. I was 17. Yeah? It was kind of late. I was a lazy boy. Late? Dude, I had, yeah. At 17? 16. Yeah, dude. I had a 16. I know. My dad forced me to get it, though. It's like. There's kids that work at. uh, 14 or. At 15. And they're smart, hard workers, too. Yeah, Shion's been working since he was like, what, 14, 15, something like that? Well, his ass had to. His dad his, <laughs> his dad, dad owned the restaurant. Yeah. So, He's like, get the fuck in here. I need help. Olenka yeah. was working since she was 12 or 13. That's craziness, man. Yeah, but like, That's, you know her, she, how smart and like quick-witted she is, you know? Oh, yeah, because I mean, you grow up in that. Like, right. How are you not going to... Wait, so you start working at um, KFC. KFC. Why KFC? My buddy got a job there. <laughs> so, so you got the job because your buddy had the, had the job? We needed a uh, um, Little Caesars hot and ready money. And, uh, <laughs> it's $5. I know. Yeah, exactly. Really $5, $5 we didn't have without that job. And it's amazing how little money you have when you're a kid. You, you just desperate for it. I know. A quarter. I'm always looking at kids like looking at stuff and then putting it back. And I'm like, I can buy that. Yeah, you know, I can buy it myself. Yeah. I was looking at this stupid Nerf gun. Yeah, and right. I was like, I can afford it. I get a little nervous buying stuff, but <laughs> but I said, but why not? That? So many years later, I just got a raise. Why wouldn't? Why shouldn't I buy a Nerf gun? There you go. Yeah, you got a switch, buddy. Buy whatever you want. Exactly. Just have a little PS5. I didn't learn to really enjoy my money until like until today when I bought the Nerf gun. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't learn to enjoy it until I, I got this job. And then I was like, you know, I'm making a decent amount of money. And I'm, you know what? I'm suffering enough. So I'm fucking, I'm going to go out to eat. Yeah. You know, you just go out to eat to like fancy restaurants and you get disappointed a lot. Yeah. At fancy restaurants. Don't yeah. do it, dude. Stop. <laughs> Sometimes you get impressed though. Uh, it's maybe. pretty rare though. It's pretty rare. It's hard. You got to know like which, which kitchen yeah. you, you, you want to go to. Yeah. I also feel like as a cook, you got to, I think we have like kind of an obligation to, you're going to stay in this business to kind of be involved in the, uh, the scene. You have to go show up. So I'm telling you, that's the cool kid mentality. That's not the cool. That's just me. That's what I'm you're part, part of the scene. I, I liked what scene you're part you of the just scene talked too. about the scene. Now I know everybody, but I'm not part of the scene. You're part of the scene, whether you like it or not, no. you're part of the scene because you're a cook and you're in the, you're in this town. It doesn't matter. You're part of the scene. I was always like the opposite side of the magnet, you know? What do you mean? Oh, what, is, <laughs> what does that mean? Like some crazy metaphor you create in your head. Like, I don't think so. What do you mean? Well, what, is, what happens when you introduce... I don't know. Sorry. Opposite sides of the magnets crack each other. What happens opposite when you... Magnet, like the same magnets. No. <clears throat> so what you the want... The same polarity. They, they repel. If you have the same... If you put positive to positive, they'll yeah. repel. Yeah. And that's what I, that's what I so meant. So is that what you're saying? You're saying, so you should be a part of it, but you're repelled from it. I've, I repel them and I'm repelled by them. <laughs> I am too, but mainly it's just cause I, I feel like I'm, I don't know. I don't want to be a cook, but at the same time I'm a cook. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it doesn't quite mesh up. Oh God. I know exactly how that feels. So you just fell into cooking then. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, what else was I going to do in El Paso? in 2005 or whatever i don't i have no idea what else i was gonna do it seems like everybody does that i my choice was more deliberate i was just like i just tried to find a job and it was a shitty job and i was like you know what i like i like cooking so i'll be a cook 
But you were just like, I like fried chicken. I'm going to go. Oh, no, I like hot and readies. I love hot and readies. That was my motivation. You didn't want to go to work at Little Caesars to get the free hot and readies? No, I would have gotten tired of them. So you want to earn the money to buy the hot and readies. Are you tired of KFC now? I haven't had KFC in maybe 10 years. Okay. I don't know where the closest KFC to me is. right now to us going to KFC. (laughs) (laughs) We're here here now at KFC. (laughs) (laughs) Is it good? Have you had KFC? Fuck no, it's terrible, dude. I haven't had it in decades, but it's it's not bad. It's good. Popeye's is way better, dude. It's technically better, but... Isn't that better? But no, the flavors... Are better <laughs> the, the secret spice the 12 herbs and spices okay well now we're gonna cut to the second part of this this podcast where me and paul taste test all the chickens there was this one time my grandma made fried chicken well she at least they said she made it maybe they were joking with me but it tasted exactly like kfc and I either i think it's way easier to make than people dude realize. no it's not because so i mean easy. they make it in a lab yeah, but it had to start somewhere, right? Either my grandmother is a culinary genius or she was lying to me. <laughs> I'm not ready to I'm not ready to take on either of those uh, those facts, you know. Okay. <laughs> what was it like working there? Like did you work the back or did you work the front? I was slow and and kind of lazy, so I I worked the front counter. Oh, okay. So you and didn't I was the guy that would be like uh, what I, I I didn't make it. I didn't cook. Oh, okay. And I didn't work the, the drive-through, which was like, you needed to be quick. Yeah, I don't understand how those people do it, dude. They're yeah. doing like five things at once. No, I was never. hard. I was never ready for that job. Um, it's interesting because I wasn't a cook there. I, was, I would prep a little bit. And when I left that job, I went to work at Village Inn. And I was a server. No fucking way you know god about village inn dude it's so good it was like the denny's of of the south right yeah kind of it had those orange like um it looked like an ihop right the old school ihops with the points it was basically an ihop but yeah kind of a regional they had great hash browns which is weird to say everybody they were good fucking hash browns they had good dude they had good hash browns good branding i liked it their pies they had their homemade pies they had a pie case such good pies. Dude, they had a pie case, which is kind of gone now. Which you can't sad. even find pie in, in Austin. No. There isn't one Hoover's, pie. Hoover's is pie. They, they have cobbler, not pie. <laughs> don't lie to, don't lie to our, our listeners. <laughs> Wait, so you worked at Village Inn. Did you work a cook there? No, fuck no. When the fuck did you start cooking? What is it took on? me a while. It took me a while. I didn't cook <laughs> until I worked at Tycoon. Really. Not seriously. I know. Wait, wait, wait. But when were you, what were you doing at Village Inn? At Village Inn, I was a server. I know. I can't, I can't picture it either. I can't, I can't imagine picture it either. Being a server. No, no, no. Yeah. How, you was, how long you so were you? I'm a good server, but I'm not the most personable server. You know, uh-huh. I can't. I'm not like a cute girl that'll charm you, or like a funny guy that'll like. You just get the job. <laughs> yeah. Here's your bolognese or whatever. <laughs> you got some bolognese at Village Inn? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> so what was that job like because I I, I, I I gotta admit I have a fascination with like IHOP Denny's yeah and that culture because it seems so fucking hard probably a lot of like desperation and a lot of um, 
a lot of people who got out of jail or like fucked up, you know, the, it's like kind of a last resort kind of place. The cooks did seem to be that way, you know, yeah. they all had like a little teardrop tattoo. Oh, yeah. And like, if you ask for, if you ask for something wrong in a way they didn't like, they, they, they didn't like you. They're like, fuck that guy. You know? Yeah. 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 All the cute girls got everything they wanted. But I was like, ah, oh, dude, can I just get that bacon cheese, please? You got and- <laughs> you got bacon with them, yeah. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, no, we just dropped it. I'm sorry, we gotta fucking do it over again. We didn't see that. You didn't put it in on time. <laughs> <laughs> did you? Did you kind of uh, idealize those guys? No, really? Fuck those guys. Funny. They were dirt bags. <laughs> That's funny because, like, when I worked at Red Robin, I was a busser. I kind of idealized those guys because, like, I saw that kind of shit. And I was like, man, I wish I could be like. Those guys, like they got, they look like they got confidence. You know, they're yeah. killing it, right? Those guys have it all figured out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dang, dude, how long did you stay there, man? I was there for maybe a year. I wonder what happened to that fucking place. So they just changed to, God, and it's so stupid. They just changed to Butterworths or something. There's not many of them left. They had to sell their brand and their name. They're they're changing all their restaurants to Buttersmith or something like that. What? I know it's the stupidest name ever. That's not a good name. Yeah. No, especially since Butterworths didn't they just have to change their name or something like that? I wonder if there's some kind of like weird licensing thing where they weren't allowed to use the Village Inn name that's because that's an established name. Yeah, know? it is. Yeah, I thought it was like a very old. Like Howard Johnson's. I thought it was like a Howard Johnson's kind of deal where it's like super old. I mean, who's been to a Howard Johnson's in the past 10 years? Well, Howard Johnson's changed to uh, hotels only. This is what I'm telling you. Yeah. I've. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Exactly. You got to make a shirt. That's your new catchphrase. <laughs> I'm telling you. Um, yeah. So they're going to change to Mr. Buttersmith. <laughs> And they're gonna stop doing pies. They're gonna stop doing oh, fuck all off, the. Dude, they did a lot of brand. They did a lot of Mexican food. They're stopping. They did. They're yeah. stopping doing that. Fuck that. No more enchiladas. Man. No more menudo. Nothing. And it sucks, man. I know. I mean, I guess it just it really does put into like a nice framing, like Biden's America. <laughs> <laughs> you had to no, not, you had to not really, not really. You had to fit it there, dude. So, I mean, this really is what you get when you, when you put socialists into power. <laughs> and I mean, well, they no, homogenize. I'm just kidding. But in a way it doesn't, I don't know what, what the reason for it is, but in, so, in so many ways, the American dream is dying very quickly like i think it has a lot to do with globalism and like homogenizing like yeah everything's just getting homogenized right even people you know it, you can you see it in mexico mm-hmm. even people in mexico are like they all have the same shit that we do it's just in different like a different form kind of it's like it sucks that you go to a different country and you go to the you know rural place in a different country and they have the same shit you have it's like what yeah why do you have cheetos down here why it sucks. I, I don't know. You don't like Cheetos? I love Cheetos, but okay. I'm just saying that it kind of sucks that like they don't have their own Cheetos. Yeah, or, right. Or they like, have Cheetos, right? Like, or like you guys I can't make them. Yeah, like I don't know. Well, we have Takis up here too, though. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just want it to all be different. You know, can't can it all be different? Ah, uh, I know what you mean. It. 
Yeah, I mean, globalization has really like, why do we deserve to have the freshest mozzarella down here? <laughs> we don't. Yeah, we shouldn't have it. You know, almost like you should have to go to freaking Italy to go get that. Yeah. That or make it yourself. Shit. Yeah. Why the fuck? Even is then that the milk is not ever going to be that like up to those standards. I honestly don't drink milk anymore for that reason. It's like if you have good milk, you're like, why the fuck am I drinking shitty milk? Like I'll go to michigan and get like some really good quality milk you know you think we'd have better milk here in texas it's not a pasture country we do good goat milk yeah great goat milk it's not pasture it's not pasture yeah we don't have enough grass yeah i mean don't we we have so much fucking land well i guess they just don't use the cows for dairy that's weird there isn't a lot of dairies down here yeah isn't that but isn't that weird we sell the most beef but we don't have the any dairy. Maybe the money is in the the the, the beef. The money is in the beef. Yeah, it's another shirt. You're <laughs> the money's in the beef, and then it has an arrow pointing down. Oh my god! <laughs> no. On the on the back. <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> I don't like that's to, not going to get you in trouble. I don't Say like to rock the boat. Biden's America. Oh that's, yeah, that's going to get you in trouble. Saying how you want to want old people to die. That's going to be. Did I say that? No, you didn't say that. I'm just going to twist the words. I'm going to put put in some auto and some intelligent (laughs) uh, voiceover. Maybe old people shouldn't be allowed to run anything anymore. You know, what do you, what's your opinion on, on the boom, the boomer generation? You know, a lot of people think that they got kind of got us into this shitty fucking rut that we're in. Um, kind of. Yeah. But you know what? It's our own fault because you know what? Boomers voted. We didn't vote. Mm-hmm. So like you can't fucking complain when 60% of people who voted were boomers and then the rest did not vote, right? You can't complain when you'd had no hand in it, right? It's like talk to anybody who makes boomer jokes or talks about boomers or complains about boomers. Ask them how many elections they voted in the last eight years or how many years they've been an adult. I guarantee you it's zero to one. So fuck them. They have, they can't say anything. If you want to change it, go to fucking local elections and go to, and of course, vote for the president, you know? Yeah, sure. But you have to fucking. It's almost as if that doesn't even matter anymore, you know? Because as much as I vote and try to be there, like, so I voted for, I voted for Prop A just recently. Why, dude? For more cops. Why, dude? Um, I don't know. I think the city spends its money really poorly. And I think that there's this initiative to, to kind of be soft on crime. And I don't like it. I, especially considering the fact that murders have skyrocketed by like 400%. And, but that's, but that could be up to so many people coming in to, right? Yeah. And also when, when, but then when don't you think we should say, also increase our police force as no, more people know. come in? Because I'll, I'll give you multiple reasons. One, is that is that when they say murders increased by you know four hundred percent or whatever, you're not telling me what those murders are from, right? Is that is that you know drug related? Is that domestic violence? So you got to give me some details on those murders, right? Mm-hmm. Secondly, I don't think the Austin police force is using their money. The money that they they get what like seventy percent of of all Austin income goes to the police. You're telling me they need more money if they're not using that money effectively. Well, then they're not doing their jobs right because that is fucked up. They should be utilizing more community involvement, 
the best thing about Prop A was that they said they're going to require um, police officers to have a mandatory, what, like 300 hours in Spanish. And I was like, that's great. Oh, yeah. Do that. Like get more community involvement. There's way better resources than just going throw more bodies at the problem, right? Because those bodies are not going to be technically trained better. But to bring it back to restaurants, I sort of, <laughs> I sort of wish, I sort of wish, I'm, I'm like, I don't even care. We just need four employees. I'd rather have four just whatever people than one really good cook who probably who probably wouldn't even want to stay at our restaurant what do you what are you really worried about are you worried about the quality of the food are you worried about just getting the job done i'm worried about just getting the job done i think we can i think we can why why do you think why do you think why do you think that i don't know maybe i'm just so tired I, yeah, I think that's what it is. Because you always struck me like that's the moment I, I met you. The first day I was like, that's the guy to fucking latch on to. That's the dude. Because you Did had you latch on to me? <laughs> Not latch on. But like, I was like, Jack was in my ear and like, you know, um, Dan and a few other people or whoever yeah. was working there at the time. They're all telling me how to do things. And I was like, that kind of doesn't seem right. But okay, I don't know anything about Yakitori. Yeah. And then I would do something and you'd be like, you do, you should do it this way because of this. And I was like, oh, okay, this fucking guy knows what he's talking about because you're telling me how to do it and why it should be done that way. Like it's a, it's a quality thing. Right. And they right. were doing that. They were going like, do it this way. And I was like, do it this way. Cause it's easier for us. It's you like, know, or I don't know what that means. So I don't, right. I don't think that you're that, I think you're a quality guy. I am so, a quality guy. Sometimes, actually, the other day I fucked up. I didn't do a thing, and I just put it on the. I put it on the line, like kind of a halfway done prep. I How did that feel? Not great. I got called out, and I was like, "Fuck!" I was in the middle of doing all kinds of shit, and I shouldn't make excuses, but it's been rough. And I don't know. Sometimes I feel like we're gonna have to just put out, put out stuff that's like. I mean, I, I would never put out anything that's inedible. Yeah, but it's kind of like below your quality and you feel bad about it. It wasn't what we usually do. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, so we sous vide chicken breasts and then we slice them thin on a deli slice. Well, no, we was and then we cool it down and um, coat it in black pepper and sear it in olive oil. And then we slice it thin and that's our chicken chashu. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> I didn't sear it and pepper it, which... I was definitely, uh, I was, I was definitely taking a, a shortcut, but, um, I don't know. It was still, it's not, it's not seasoned. It's, it's unseasoned chicken breast. Is it always unseasoned? It's always unseasoned. Why? Um, well, you don't brine it. No, not at all. Why? Uh, we don't have to. It's not necessarily better. The soup is already really seasoned. Yeah. But then you, it's, it's like. But you're like biting into like an unseasoned thing inside of like a seasoned soup. A really thin layer of chicken. Yeah. It's like two millimeters thin. And um, have you ever tried to brine it and see what it changes? No, we haven't. So our pork chashu is marinated in soy sauce. And so that's that's uh, seasoned. And I don't know. It's um, I'm not sure why they, they've been doing it that way. It's OK. I don't hate it. A lot of well, one of the new chefs doesn't love it, and he, we might change that up. We've been doing it this long, and nah, it's not the worst. 
ramen is already very salty. Yeah, that's and true. So I don't know. I mean, adding more salt, you have to be you have you do have to be careful about it. Yeah, I don't know. It's odd. I'm I'm not sure. A lot of the uh, the processes there are kind of they're kind of iffy, but it's what they do, and so we just keep doing it. Yeah, that's I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing, right? It's tough to get the owner to want to change anything. And yeah, I mean, we've changed a couple of things up, but for now we're sticking with the old formula. We're, we're, you know, he's calling plays from the old playbook and that's what we're doing now, even, even though our chef's gone and we're super understaffed and yeah, we're, we're still trying to hold like, I mean, well, you have to worry about your customers because you can't just, you know, do a 180 on them and completely change your product or, or, or maybe you can, but it, it, there is a risk there, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. or you just slowly make it better. And then people just go like, Whoa, what the fuck? Like, Oh, this is way better than the last time. It's, it's difficult. We're, we're instead of, we're not trying to excel. We're trying to remain consistent. Yeah. Do you think consistency is like kind of an enemy of excellent restaurants? I don't know. Um, Are your favorite restaurants consistent? A lot. Or do you just like, you go to it because they had a great thing one time and you keep going back. That's a good question. Good. I, I, I saw So I've had that experience where I had, I had a really, really great, great meal. And then I've gone back and it's not been so great. And then sometimes it's gotten even worse where it was really not good at all. And even then sometimes I go back, but yeah, that's an interesting. I, I don't know. I, I don't know the answer. I, I, I think, I think if you're going to have, you know, the old favorites, you ought to try to reach the same quality as much as possible. Well, I guess if you were opening your restaurant, would you strive for consistency or would you try strive for like excellence every time? That's really hard to say because I get bored of cooking the same things over and over. <laughs> um, and a lot of restaurants will only cook what's seasonal and change their entire menu yeah. every, every few months. Um, but mostly most restaurants don't do that. You know, they yeah. don't, that, that really is only for the most artistic, most, you know, high end restaurants. I, I think mostly anyway, the rest of the market is restaurants trying to do the same thing well over and over and over again. Which is, which is understandable, you know, it's a system that we're, it, it, it's almost the most, it's, it's, it's the most obvious system, you know? But why is it that people will go, this is the way it should be done and they keep it that way? Because you, people like us, the cooks, we get fucking bored. It's like, why not change it? Mm. Right? And then, hey, hey, and then, you know, a couple months from now you go, you know, that version was pretty good. Let's go back to that version, mm. you know? And then having learned what you, what you, learned making those new dishes you get put it into that one and then it gets better and better right am i wrong about that well ideally you're right but sometimes it just doesn't work out that way um i don't know if 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 you're really if you're selling at a high volume it's sometimes difficult to keep your head above water and it in those times it's impossible to put something new on the menu or uh-huh. you know completely change the way you do things um yeah i i don't know are you guys doing really well 
Yeah, I mean, as the as the the weather gets colder, we get busier and busier. We're able to sustain it for now, but but yeah, I mean, it's it's really difficult, and um, we still haven't finished losing some employees. I think we're now entering the second week of a couple of two week notices, really important ones, you know, and. Uh, and so, yeah, after this week will be, yeah, it's going to be even tougher than it was, than it already is. I think and what's going to happen is like a lot of independent restaurants are going to collapse. Sure. Because people want more, like after the pandemic, people want more money. They expect more money. They expect like better hours. They expect better benefits. Which sucks. It only puts more strain on everybody. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like, it's almost like a, a year away from, from cooking for people. Or being in kitchens kind of made them forget that like it's kind of is what the job is i'm not i'm not advocating for that i'm just saying that that's what it is i've yeah. always I've always not had insurance i've always been you know paid well for what my job is because i work hard but that's kind of what it is it sucks that i think a lot a lot of restaurants are going to kind of go under because people will are leaving those sort of jobs to go be at jobs that pay more right just because yeah. they pay more it's really sad because it's almost like i don't know if the restaurants opening that have opened in the last 10 years have the longevity that restaurants used to have um so after, after i left village inn i worked at this place called capetto's uh-huh. in el paso which was uh the italian restaurant to go to in el, in el paso still there they closed down finally when so they they closed their original location after 53 years and then I don't know, a few years passed and they reopened and they tried to run it for another two or three years. And then finally they called it quits. Nobody wanted to take over the old man's position as the owner of the restaurant. Yeah. uh, He had kids. He had a bunch of kids. They had a big family and the whole family would come in and eat every Sunday. But they didn't. All the uncles and the nephews and the kids would run around and but no one wanted to run the fucking restaurant of course not that's yeah it's a death trap if you don't want to do it yeah it was good though was that the first time you cooked i didn't cook there either damn I was a, dude what i was an amazing busser <laughs> amazing so you went from you went, you went you went from waiting tables to busing tables yeah so i mean selling omelets and slices of pie is different from selling you know steaks and wine and stuff so okay so it was like a step up for you it, i felt it was a better restaurant it was a okay class and it was a place that yeah i i wanted to work my whole life because there's some guidos in there huh yeah doing, doing some uh not dance. really okay it was our version of guidos but they're all <laughs> they're all mexicans <laughs> wait was the owner mexican he was they were armenian and it was an italian restaurant it was an italian restaurant how good was the food though it was so by italian standards it was not good but by Mexican standards, it was the best thing we'd ever <laughs> tasted. <laughs> I love that. I love that. You know, I mean, an Italian person eating there would have vomited and quickly left. <laughs> oh, actually, I did vomit there once as eating a kid. Food? Yeah, we went there as a family, all like for like birthdays and 
I don't know, graduations and stuff. Was it like one of those kooky like hometown restaurants and they have like a, a Italian chef who's like a character? Yeah, like a little did mascot. They, oh shit, did there they? There was, it was like with a big stupid big hat. hat. Oh no. <laughs> uh, dude, but it was really good. It was, uh, it was so good back then. Some of, some of what they did was amazing. Um, and I have a lot of fond memories of that place, but, and then finally I worked there and I moved up to being a server. I served for the longest time. I've had I can't believe I've had maybe served. fifty jobs in restaurants. That's insane to me, man. I know it's gonna be like a fifteen-part episode. I really do you need to. Every time. I need to make a list of all of them because I've forgotten half of them. Honestly, I was like, "Oh yeah, I did work there." Right. <laughs> How long did you stay there? I was there for another two years, and actually, I, I was on and off there. Wow. I left and I think I worked at, I worked at uh, P.F. Chang's. When P.F. Chang's opened up in El El Paso. No, I don't. When P.F. Chang's opened up in El Paso, it was the spot to work. When P.F. Chang's opened everywhere, like they kind of like picked where they were going to open. And people were like, dude, you heard about this new, this new Chili's type spot that served Chinese food. Yeah, dude. People loved that shit. A bunch, a bunch of people I knew worked there. So many hot chicks. Everyone wanted to work there. <laughs> and I got, I got fired, actually. Oh, damn. I wasn't good. There was this little gay guy, I remember. He was this little tiny. He must have been five foot two. And he was, he was very, very openly gay. Like, he was as gay as you can get, if there's such a thing. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, he would take... We had these really super wide uh, uh, trays. You might have seen like the regular food trays that you can carry. The, Maybe six. The circle ones? Yeah. yeah, they, yeah. Were, they were ovals. Yeah. And well, we had these extra big ones, which I'd never seen before. Oh, yeah. And yes, yeah. he would fill it up with all kinds of plates and then walk with it all the way lifted. His arm extended as high as he could walk with it. And he never dropped the plate on this one day. No, I, I heard <laughs> I had heard after after I got fired, I had heard that something happened. People were breaking plates and the manager was like, next person that breaks a plate in my kitchen is fired. And so I was a buster there. I got all these plates. I don't know what I was doing. I never dropped a, a tray after that. But I, find, I did. I walked into the kitchen. I, the whole thing fell. I broke like 15 plates. And the, manager, the, the owner, or whoever he was, he was like, clock out. And, and yeah, that was the end of my day at, at P.F. Chang's. <laughs> but that has nothing to do with you. That's like, uh, like, Bill, you were like a casualty of the... I sucked. No, I, I, I wasn't fit for the job, actually. I, didn't, I shouldn't have done it. I shouldn't have been there. It was a good. It was a good call on his part. <laughs> we got to get your 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 confidence up, man. You're you're so good that you don't know you're good. No, I'm Where not that you good. Go? You're great, dude. I dropped all the plates. Oh my god, give me a fucking break. Who doesn't drop fucking plates? Please, I don't drop Who plates anymore. Drop plates, exactly, exactly. You know what? Other people will drop plates like that, and then they go, not "That's that. whatever," and then they drop more plates. Mm. You didn't drop the plates ever again. No, I learned. I learned the hard way. <laughs> That's good. That's better than not learning at all. Yeah. Where'd you go after that? Where did I go after that? 
I, I think I bounced around. I was in a bad way, you know. I was sort of depressed and disillusioned after my being fired from there. I mean, getting fired from anywhere, yeah, that kind of that fucking sucks, man. And so I jumped around a little bit. I worked at a a barbecue restaurant. And I I quit. I sort of walked out, or no, I just didn't go back in. I was hired on as a as a busser there, and. I, I had bought these brand new Onitsuka Tigers. <laughs> I don't know what that is. They're uh, Asics. They're shoes. Is. Okay, all right, all right. You've seen them before. <laughs> Are those the ones with the Pumas on the side, or is that something? No, no, no. Uh, that's a Puma. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is. No, no, no. Also, do you want to see guy. it? I, I wear Converse. That's all I wear. I bought these Onitsuka Tigers, and <laughs> okay. um, I went into work, and I was like, all right, man, what's my section, you know? And they were like... Oh, no, you're dishwashing today. And I was like, what do you mean I'm dishwashing today? I'm a busser. And they're like, no, we hired you on as a busser. I do know dishwasher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know them. Okay. What and you, what was it, 1979? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so they're like, no, you got to do be the dishwasher. Oh, and you was, were that guy? You were like, I got, I'm wearing the Onitsuka. It's like, why? But I I'm like, and so I walked back to the dish pit and the, claw, the drain had clogged the floor drain and there was there was one other guy there this short little mexican guy yeah it was like four foot nine standing in like six inches of shitty saliva barbecue sauce water jesus christ and dude this place was packed all the time you know and so i walk into the water and i start help trying to help as much as i can freaking dishes are just coming in piling in you know I mean, we're, we're not, not, not talking about little plates. We're talking about big, extra thick platters, you know? Yeah. And yeah, I mean, so like, oh, and we're trying to fight this wave of all these dishes. And I remember cut, breaking a plate and cutting myself really deep. And oh, fuck. I was like bleeding all over the place and like trying to stand in this water and like, you know, wash all the dishes. I got through the night and then I went home. I don't even know what happened, but I was like, I can't, I'm not going back to that shit. And I'm not, I'm, I was getting, I mean, at that point in 2006 or something, I was probably getting paid maybe 725, maybe, seven, dude, maybe. Yeah. maybe seven. If you were lucky, 725. Yeah. I don't even know. I think it might've been 515 back then. And so I was probably getting paid like yeah. 650 or something like that. That sounds about right. Yeah. And it was, right. I was like, wow, like, how can, what am even I doing? Back then, yeah. yeah, you're like, what the fuck? That's horrible. So, yeah, I left that job. What else did I do? I worked at a, I remember briefly working at um, Olive Garden. Oh, shit. How was that? You well, know, you know, I'm, when you're there, you're family. <laughs> <laughs> did you feel like family? No, I don't know. Not really. <laughs> I remember this one guy. He was a, a, a stand-up comedian. Oh, good for him. He was kind of like a, he reminded me of like Sinbad. Okay. He was like exactly the same shape and build. He's like this bald black guy. Same like the blondish kind of reddish hair. Reddish hair? No, he was bald as hell. He was the most annoying person ever. Every time I talked to him, he was trying out his bits with me, you know, and I couldn't get a word in edgewise. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah Wait, but what was the kitchen like there because i'm fascinated with those places yeah because when it came out somehow that place branded themselves as like they're like we send our chefs to italy to learn and 
I never, I was always like, wait, really? Do sure. they? I always imagined there was like microwaves back there and like, they weren't cooking in pans, were they? No, not really. So I, I served there too. I'm sure you did. <laughs> I can't wait to hear the first job where you cooked because yeah, I think you killed it. I think you found your, I think you found your calling. I've worked all over and then I finally moved to Austin and I served here too. No, no, but wait, you got to tell me about Olive Garden. You want to talk about Olive Garden? You got to tell me about Olive Garden. What was the kitchen like there? It was, it was, you know. Was it microwaves? Uh, I oh, think they used pot and pans, but they didn't really like, they might have like had some pots to like throw, to like heat up pasta and noodles and then plate it. Yeah. Um, but from what I understand, a lot of stuff came out frozen and a lot of their sauces were in bags and things. Yeah. So they used to put like pour sauces over. They would just pour it into third pans and heat it up or something. And like what the fuck? steam tables, I guess. Maybe. Wow. Yeah. Did I you mean, did you at any point you don't strike me as like a guy who was like big into drugs and stuff while you work? Were you never into that? No. These no. are all kitchens, forgive me if I'm wrong, but like these are all seem like kitchens where people are like fucked up a lot of the time. Maybe. I mean either like high or drunk or like looking to get high. I'm sure a lot of them were getting high before work, maybe even during work and they walk in. But you were never like you were never that guy? No, I never really was. No. Yeah. No. That's crazy, man. Yeah, I've always it's been so rare, you know that, right? That I didn't pick up drugs. Yeah. yeah. I mean I I turn into I, I slowly did turn into an alcoholic. It's kind um, of unavoidable in this in this world yeah yeah i mean you really just should just be be an alcoholic if you're gonna be a cook <laughs> i mean how do, you, how do you avoid it like i don't like just don't kid around like just drink just start just, drinking dude. Just, shut up just drink you know i've had two separate servers at at this job right now they're like i've been like i've had a day where like it was kind of a rough day and i told myself at the beginning of the day i'm like i'm like I'm not going to drink today. I just don't want to. I just want to go home, be healthy, have some water. Water? You know? Yeah. Um, water. <laughs> and, uh, and then I'll tell the server, like the server comes up and they're like, oh, you want to drink? And I'm like, uh, no, I'm good tonight. They go, have what a beer. Fucking doing? Are you an idiot? <laughs> yeah. They say that. They go, what's wrong with you? It's free. Oh, you don't want to drink? Stuff like that. I'm like, yeah. Jesus. Okay. All right. I'll have it. I think I've or, seen I've seen you go through that that a little that bit. struggle. Yeah, yeah. Or I had one server bring a beer to me, and I was like, ah, I didn't really want that. They go, it's free, and I go, you know, you're right. I'll have the <laughs> I just give in so easily to it. Yeah. No, I know. It's it's so available. I do, I do that sometimes, and often when I'm like, it'll be five in the afternoon and I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to go home and I'm not going to drink tonight. And the minute I clock out, I walk out and the bartender offers me a beer and I totally forget about it. You know, <laughs> I completely at five o'clock. Well, like, no, I won't. I will, I'll clock out at, you know, 1030 at night. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> what you mean. Yeah, yeah. And by that time I will totally have forgotten my plans to be sober. Yeah. Because and you had like a rough night or it was like a good night. It's, it's crazy. It doesn't even know. matter. Yeah. Just like my, wasn't it, I didn't really focus on the goal and, <laughs> and I start drinking again. I tried to stop drinking for October last year 
And I found that it was really hard to fall asleep because I was so wired, right? As a cook, you're so wired because you're like, your adrenaline popped up. So you kind of need a beer to kind of just, just bring it all down. Even just one, I swear like one sip of a beer. And I was just like, Oh, okay. All right. I can just calm down now. But if I didn't have one, I would stay up until like six in the morning, just sitting there looking at the ceiling. I couldn't fall asleep. Yeah. I mean, I can't even if, so we've been working crazy hours lately. Um, I cooked noodles for 24 hours straight. Jesus. What? To get, to get, uh, God, what a fiasco. Um, we just did, we just did the formula one races. We, we had a booth at the circuit of Americas. What was that like? It was crazy amounts of work and they told us we're going to, we might be selling 3000 bowls of ramen. And then I was like, are you sure ramen in Texas heat? Yeah. And then they were like, you know what? They're telling us we should be prepared for to sell 4,500 bowls of ramen. And so leading up to this, we were all getting ready. We got all this shit prepped. I think it was two days before we had, to, we had to show up out there. We had, hadn't started cooking any noodles. We needed 4,500 servings of noodles, par cooked and portioned before we went out there. We probably had, you know, those big plastic storage tubs. Yeah. We yeah. probably had like a bus tub or you mean like a big old Lexan? No, like not even, this Lexan. wasn't even kitchen, like, uh, uh, like kitchen stuff. It was just. You know, stuff you put in your attic full of sweaters. What? You know, like those big plastic storage bins. We had maybe 15 of those filled to the brim with noodles. That's insane. And one day I, I was like, we're not going to have noodles if I don't stay here and try to cook all these fucking noodles. Even after cooking noodles for 24 hours straight, we still had 40 boxes of noodles to cook. And I don't understand what you're telling me right now. You stayed at the restaurant for 24 hours. Yeah. So I was where, what do you mean? I was standing there throwing, we had this giant big basket and I was able to throw, I guess 30, a converted like fryer as a boiler or what we used. We ended up using a fryer as a boiler when we got to F1, but we have a, what's called a noodle rinser. It's a noodle boiler. Okay. Um, it's basically a fryer, same, same apparatus, you know, same thing, but it's meant for water. And what's it's, the capacity of that? How many noodles were you doing per? I, so I was able to figure out how to do th- about 30 orders of noodles. At a time. At a time. But it's really difficult because you, if you, when you drop 30 orders of noodles into that small amount of water, you completely starchify the hell out of the, the water. So how often were you changing that water? Maybe every, every two or three drops. And so I Are had to fucking kidding me. You empty it out, it? refill it, wait for it to, to, to come back up to a, a full boil. Um, what were you doing at the time? Did you guys close? Yeah, we were closed. We were closed. But we, you stayed there for a whole day. Yeah, I got there. I got there at, I got there at 8 a.m. one morning. I cooked until like 7 a.m. 20, like 23 hours later. And then straight. Yeah. Through the night. 
Yeah. What were you doing? Well, I was just cooking noodles and doing, trying to get that done. Just you listening know? to music or? Yeah, I had my little headphones. Dude, I can't even imagine this. You were literally just standing in front of a noodle cooker for 24 hours? Kind of. I mean, I was walking around trying to like do other stuff. Were you drinking beers? What were you doing to like make yourself <laughs> get through this? I don't understand. I didn't have beers. I should have drank beers now that I think about it. I had, I was drinking uh, Diet Coke <laughs> or Coke Zeros <laughs> just to get some caffeine in me. Um, if anything, that tells me you're, you're capable of running a restaurant. Holy shit. I would never do that. I'd be like, you know what? Let's call it quits. I'll come back in the morning and then it'd, it'd be, it'd be fucked. You know, towards the end, after like, 20 hours I was really really tired and I did start to get a little sad then I started to I, I kind of quickly I quickly like fell into like a little bit of a depression and I was like there's no way we're gonna sell 4,500 orders of noodles did you and, uh, no 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 not no. even close right so before I called it I called it that? I know so I said, God, before I, before any of that had happened, I was like, there's no way we're going to sell 4,000 bowls of noodles. My estimation, we're going to sell 1,200 bowls. That's a good, that's a good estimate. We sold just under. Just under 1,200. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> How many noodles did you do? Oh, fuck. I must have done. I don't know. I did a lot. So 30 times. How many drops do you think? Per box, I probably did. I don't know. We have Zach. to. Do, we have to. I did so many. Gotta do the math here. So like, wait, wait. So it's thirty per thirty noodles per box. Thirty noodles per box, and, and then it's 60, maybe sixty boxes. It's sixty boxes. What does that turn That's out? Eighteen hundred. Eighteen hundred. How much did you have left? Maybe another fifty. Maybe another sixty boxes. Another fifty, sixty boxes, which is. It's not even enough for what, what the projection was. It would have gotten us over 3,000 noodles. And we still had to throw away so many noodles. <laughs> that fucking sucks, man. Yeah, we threw away all those noodles. Your wasted work and time and then that fucking wasted product. Yeah, and then so after that, that sucks, so we came back from that failure at F1. And then that same week, our chef left. Jesus, why didn't you guys just cook the noodles to order? Uh, two it minute have been that long. Actually, we should have now in, in retrospect because of how many we served. But what we wanted to have was what we had was a 10 second reheat time or a 15 second reheat. Uh huh. Um, the hardest part was 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 bringing the soup up to a boil. The noodles were easy. And so what we wanted to do was have the bowl, have the order come in, the bowl be made in a minute and a half at most. That's actually kind of pushing. That's a, that's a long ticket time. And then hand the, 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 the noodles to the people within two minutes. And we were able to do that. Yeah. But you could have kept up with it like by having like a separate noodle boiler and just being like, like, oh, I'm, I'm low on noodles. So you cooked a, a shitload of noodles. I don't know, man. That's, kind of. That fucking sucks, so, man. There's logistical problems, you know, like. You have to run and grab water from this hose that's 200 yards over there. That's crazy. And you have to, you know, you have to think about your gray water, your dumping. Oh, yeah. And it was, it was a lot. It was a big project. Damn, man. That, that really sucks. You guys just wasted a bunch of that shit. So much. We wasted so much product. Um, Did they pay you for all that product? 
No, they didn't pay us for the product. Damn. Oh, you mean F1? Yeah. No way. They just they just give you the booth. They, we so there's a five thousand dollar buy in. What? Yeah. When we got there, did you guys make it even? Barely, maybe. I think it was a huge loss. Yeah, that had to be, dude. How much were we charging for the soup? It was. It was. We were charging. Um, I think one hundred and fifty percent. Good. Yeah. And so, well, I don't know. I, other people had either they had more experience or they just knew. I bought a. I bought a euro for. $22. Yeah. I was going to say, if you're not charging 25 bucks for that soup, then yeah. you're crazy. I mean, it's not like people like F1 fans are low on cash. These exactly. are rich people. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It was, it was quite the eye-opening experience. Dude, there's people who only do that kind of thing. Like they really know how to do that shit, right? Oh yeah. A lot of the other booths were people that just do, and they, their, their menus are super, super quick, really easy. And yeah, they were they were ready. Damn, I don't man. know selling ramen at a race. <laughs> yeah, that's a little bit. Weird. I mean, it's not really a thing that you kind of like. It was odd, and we tried it, and some people were like, "Wow, you're selling ramen here." <laughs> okay, I don't know. That's insane, man. And our booth, we had like 25 employees working at a time. What? Yeah. That's not good, man. Jesus Christ. That's not good. We were the last day we were leaving. One of the servers was like, how much money do you think we made? And I said, I don't think we made any money. I think this is a big loss. And the poor girl, she's always like really upbeat and happy. She got kind of sad about it. <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't have been a dick and said that. Yeah. But I mean, how do you not? I mean, it's uh, that sucks, man. Yeah. I don't understand how people can be that irresponsible as a business owner. If I go to a restaurant and somebody has like four servers on and it's, you know, 11 o'clock and there's three customers in there, I'm like, yeah. what are you doing, man? You're killing your business, man. Yeah. I know you want to pay your workers, but dude, you're doing them a disservice. Ah, oh, man. Right. I mean, sometimes you just have to keep people working or else you'll lose them and losing them is worse than paying them, you know? Is it though? Well, it could mean the closing of your business. My, am I going to open a business? Kind of want to test my my Jeez. my ability. I don't know. <laughs> it would be a bad idea. You want to have a brick and mortar restaurant right Fuck now? No, Jesus Christ! All right, I got to pee. Okay. Ask yourself that question. It's just me with you, folks. Here we are. <laughs> Let. Me <laughs> Let me take you on an improvisational journey through the bowels of the culinary industry. Now, expect to have your skin burned and your flesh cut. Expect to be dog tired from standing on your feet for 12 hours. Expect to be chewed out and snapped at by your, your, your bosses and 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 then expect to get paid kind of pretty okay for for a 22 year old <laughs> it's not that bad though i mean because if you're an artist if you're someone who's a sensualist who loves to feed people and be around people and put delicious place of food in front of them it can be rewarding and i, I mean i am all those things too i love feeding people but realistically 
I don't know how long I can keep doing it. I think I kind of lost my fire. What happened? Did you fall in? <laughs> well, should we wrap this thing up or what? Yeah. Having got through half your uh, half your uh, jobs. Do we pick this up uh, at, at a later date? Uh, yeah, maybe so. I don't know, man. I'd like to have one of them cigarettes you brought. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, we can call it quits, man. Let's do that. 